Hi, this is Emily Trotter, and you're listening to Bible Talk on Nothing But Fine Network. The Bible is a fascinating book. I hope you're ready to dig in, dive deeper, and learn something new today. Hello, welcome back. Um, <laughs> that seemed like a stupid thing to say. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. Oh, guys, it's it's the holiday season, and I don't know about you, but um, I am just a little woo-la-la. Um, one of my pastors at church yesterday used the term, uh, let me look, I wrote it down, when life gets blurry. Um, and that is definitely how I'm feeling this these days. Blurry, a little what's going on, where are we next, hurry up, we got to get there, all those sorts of things. So I, I don't know about you, but I am feeling that um, a lot today. Um, and y'all, everybody's sick, right? So we all got to stay well. We all got to stay well. We all got to, you know, whew, take our take our vitamin C and um, our zinc and the elderberry, if you're, if you're of that that belief system. Um, I just can't do the elderberry. I just, I just can't do it. Um, I don't like it. It tastes yucky to me and I I just can't make myself do it. So, um, anyway, um, so stay, stay healthy, take care of yourselves. Don't run yourself ragged. Um, Helen and I had some really great, uh, advice on the episode that came out the 12th of December. Um, about taking some time for yourself and and remembering the the reason of the season. And so with that being said, this might (laughs) be the episode of Friends of God that you guys go, what now? Do what? What? How'd you get there? Um, Because this is what, so if you're talking about what happens when you're talking about Friends of God and then Christmas comes along and then... I've also been to a concert of Andrew Peterson's Behold the Lamb, which I highly recommend you adding that um, to your Christmas thing. But you really need to listen to it all at once. Okay, so you you just might need to listen to Andrew Peterson's Behold the Lamb. Um, Just listen to it start to finish. It's amazing. Don't shuffle. Don't shuffle. You got to listen start to finish. But I I saw a production of that um, or a concert of that last last week. And um, I'm also... um, Looking into Revelation with uh, my uncle Chris and his church, um, Preston Baptist Church in Preston, Georgia, in Webster County. Um, and when you're looking at all of these things and it's Christmas, I ended up with the prophets, <laughs> like you do. Um, and and I wanted to do, you know, the prophets. I thought about, you know, I should talk about Isaiah. I should talk about Jeremiah. I should talk about uh, Daniel for sure. Um, There's so many of these these prophets that that are just so good. Um, you've heard, if you've listened to all of our Bible talks, you've heard Jonah. Um, he was one of the prophets. And, you know, if you, I, and whether they're minor or major, and, and like I said with Jonah, it's what makes them minor or major is the amount that they wrote. How big their book is, if you will. And um, Isaiah is like the longest. Um, and then Jeremiah had Jeremiah and Lamentations. He was the author of that. So though you have these these groups, but I mean, after, what is it, Ecclesiastes, um, Song of Songs, starting with Isaiah, I guess Isaiah is the first. Yeah, after Song of Songs, you go into Isaiah. And from Isaiah until you get to Matthew in the New Testament, those are all the prophets. Those are the prophecy that come. And, and the thing is, too, with the prophets, it's not all future. 
you know, there, there, there was prophecy that had to do with the past that, uh, and we saw a lot of that, you know, with, with Abraham and, and Jacob and Joshua and Moses. And we see a lot of that in, in, in those books because it tells about remember what God has done, the prophesying that the prophets would do there. We're like, here's where we've been. Remember how God has done. So when we go forward, here's how it's going to play out as well. Keep that in mind, right? That's what they were doing. And then you, and then there, so that's like his historical prophecy because first and second Kings has a lot of that. And, and we saw, you know, Nathan who was the prophet where with David who came in and gave him a strong word about, Hey, here's what God, God says, remember, here's this story. What do you think about this, David? And David says, Oh, that's awful. And he said, well, guess what? It's you. So it also deals with the present time as we saw with Nathan and then it, it it can't and then it deals with the future um, of Israel's restoration of the coming of the Messiah and things of that nature. So the only the thing that that they have in common that prophets are people who are human beings that speak on God's behalf and someone who gives the declarations of the Lord. And sometimes those things are given through dreams or visions. And sometimes the Lord just speaks, speaks to these people. I thought it was interesting that the Hebrew word for prophet is Nebi. I assume that's how you say it. It's N-E-B-I and it is a verb and it means to bubble forth like a fountain. And I love that picture. That's what they were doing. They had something to say and they're bubbling forth. They were excited or or not, not necessarily excited all the time. Isaiah had some terrible things to say, had some harsh prophecies coming. But if there were bubbling, bubbling forth all of this information, and I've been thinking about this because, um, and it really struck me while we were talking about Jesus in Revelation. That's what we talked about uh, at my Uncle Chris's church last week at their Wednesday night Bible study. Um, we were just talking about Jesus in Revelation. I, I know y'all are like, duh, of course you were. Um, but just the pictures that we get of Jesus in, in that study. And they're, they're, I guarantee you some of the ones that I I. I pointed out we're not the ones that you always see, but we did get to the part where where it's the lamb, where the lamb that was slain who can who can open up the scroll. He's the only one uh, as they come as John is caught up into heaven and his visions that he's having and he sees this throne and there are the 24 elders and there is a scroll that needs to be opened and there's no one God is sitting on his throne and there there's no one that can open it no one is worthy to open the scroll and John begins to weep because he's so upset he's like I no one can open this this is awful and and um it's Isaiah well, let me make sure I'm getting this right. It's 5916, I believe. <clears throat> 5916, it says, who can open the scroll? When you get to Isaiah back there, here's this other part of um, who can, this, this is a little bit of prophecy and, and seeing it a little bit. It is because in Isaiah 5916, it says, um, 
he saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm worked salvation for him and his own righteousness sustained him. So in Isaiah, we already see here's a prophecy about Jesus who's coming. And God is seeing that that there's no one on earth who can work this. So his own arm. He has to work his own arm. And what's that? His own. That's his. That's Jesus. That's this part of him that he's sending down to to work in um, to work the salvation that that no one else can bring. And so we see that picture in Revelation. It's chapter seven, I believe. Let me look at my notes. Um, I don't know. Guys, I wish you could see my notes for this. Oh, it's Revelation 5. Sorry. Um, Revelation 5 is where we get this. We see this picture. And so they say, but don't worry. They tell John, don't cry. Don't weep. We have the Lion of Judah who's here of David's line. And we just, y'all, we just talked about that, didn't we? We just literally talked about that. So here is the Lion of Judah, the Lion of David. That's Jesus, right? And and it, and then all of a sudden in the center, it's a lamb that was slain. Again, that's Jesus. And we see that pro- prophesied in Isaiah. So I got to thinking, now do you see where I'm coming from? Now do you see how my, y'all are getting a real in-depth look of what my, my, how my brain works this week on this, this episode, this study uh, of the friends of God. So I was looking at that and thinking about where is Jesus mentioned? How, what, what is it? And he's mentioned all the time, all the way through. Um, as Kay Arthur says, there is a fine led red line from Genesis to Revelation. And that line is Jesus. We can see him pop up over and over again. I mean, immediately in Genesis, I think about when after the fall, when Adam and Eve have eaten the apple. And God says, you know, there will be one who comes, uh, his heel will crush the head of the serpent. And we see, we know that that heel is Jesus. So it's already being told what's going to happen coming forward. I mean, in Joshua, the other picture that stands out so vividly to me is when they're about to go into battle and Joshua looks up and sees this, this figure. And it's Jesus going into battle with him. So we see this all throughout the <clears throat> the Bible. We see Jesus cropping up kind of, you know, what do they call those? Like the hidden Easter eggs. We see that, see that through the Bible of Jesus appearing. And I was thinking, well, you know, the Psalms also, the Psalms also mention Jesus. There, there are 17 Psalms that refer to the Messiah. 17 Psalms. And a lot of them, too, sure, are about, you know, the crucifixion and and his salvation and how and what he brings. But Isaiah specifically has some great prophecy about Jesus coming as a baby. The first time is in um, chapter seven, Isaiah seven, which my Bible has, you know, little titles over the different um, divisions. And it says the sign of Emmanuel. So we see in chapter seven. um, 14. Sorry, you guys, I've got a tickle in my throat. I'm so sorry. Um, in chapter seven, verse 14, it says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Okay, there's the first bit. Then over in chapter nine, 
And so in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, it says, for to us, a child is born to us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. So there are two instances right there in Isaiah of, of this prophet telling of the coming of Jesus. And you may be questioning why my why I care or why I felt strongly enough about this to tell you about it. And here's the thing. The prophets had to give tough news. They had to encourage. They had to, you know, bring some judgment. They had to say, you know, you guys aren't doing what the Lord has said. He's told me that he's really you know, displeased with this. And this is what you got to do. They, they had to, the task of drawing them back in, of, of, of reminding the Israelites where they belonged and who they were going to. But some of the prophets had really good news to bring. And we know that, that this news when they had good news to bring, even if they were tell first, the first part, because the first part of Isaiah is not great. The Israelites weren't, weren't, weren't doing well because they had had a bat, a string of really bad Kings. Okay. Um, David was great. Solomon was okay. But from there, it just kind of went, uh, and it got bad. And not many of the Kings of Israel led inquiring of the Lord and being a king who kept the statutes of God. So the Israelites came into, you know, you know, they were kept, they were captured. They were split. They were captured. They went into captivity in Babylon. And there are a lot of prophecies made from Babylon about what's going to come in the future about the enemies and the armies and all of those sorts of things. But there always was a little bit of hope. The Lord is going to do, we have to endure this and this is why we're enduring it because we were not, we were stiff necked people that didn't do what God wanted us to do. We, we didn't keep our end of the bargain and we got ourselves into a mess and we are having to live out the consequences of our actions. But one day we will be restored one day we'll be back in Jerusalem. One day the temple will be rebuilt. One day a Messiah is coming. And these prophets, a lot of the times, never saw their prophecies come into fruition. I mean, look at Isaiah. He never saw Jesus born. He didn't know what that was going to look like or what that was going to mean. He didn't know if those words that God had given him were, were like literal you know what I mean? Like an actual virgin giving birth. What is that about? I mean, how is that even possible? They didn't understand, I'm sure, but they, they relayed the message, that bubbling up of a fount, like a fountain, where the information is just coming out. And in that is hope. What is it in a weary world rejoices? They were weary. Is that how the song goes? Oh, holy night. Oh, thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices. 
And I was thinking about the prophets and I was thinking, you know, just in the definition of prophet that they are a human being that gives a declaration of the Lord. And these prophets that we see were men and women who knew the Lord, knew he was speaking, discerned that they were being talked to, and then shared that message. So in this time of year, when we're blurry, when we're weary, when we've got shopping lists and grocery lists and school programs and gift exchanges and cookie exchanges and Christmas cards and Elf on the Shelf, if you do that, all of these things that are coming at us at every single direction, thinking about family and how you're getting who's the logistics of, of who's going where, when, or the loneliness that you might be feeling, or the grief. All these things in this season, when they were prophesized, when this is brought to us, when it bubbles forth at us, and we've already had the Messiah, we've already had that little baby born in a manger. We've already seen that miracle. We already know that that has happened. That's what we've been given. We've already got Emmanuel, God, with us. Because of Jesus, we have a piece of him with us. We have, we have his Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us, who is always with us. But in this time of year, when it can get so hard and so exhausting, Though also joyful and wonder, there's also that. Let's remember the prophets. I know that's weird, and it felt weird for me to say, but let's remember them. Let's remember the men and women that they were who heard from the Lord, discerned it, and shared it. Let us be like the shepherds who are on a hillside, just doing their job, just watching the sheep. And when the angels appeared to them, they listened and then they went. Remember that this season. I hope that you all have a blessed. Christmas, I hope that you get to do all your favorite things. And if you don't, that's okay too. But regardless of what you get and what you do and who you're with and who you're not with, Jesus still came. Our Messiah has already been born. And he's going to come back for us. Merry Christmas.